So uh, with that, we are continuing our series, The Art of Adventing, Adventing, celebrating the maker and mender of creation. Advent celebrates the creator coming into creation. Jesus is our maker and mender. And Jesus recreates us. He makes us new creations in Christ. And we're recreated for a purpose, to create beauty. God is beautiful, and we are meant to imitate his beauty and create beauty. So this conversation is really about your New Year's resolutions. Because so many people are going to talk about losing weight or watching more of the news. Don't do that. I mean, get some good news, but don't, don't dwell in the news. Know it. But my hope is that we would have, take time to create. I love when people are like, for New Year's, like, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about learning guitar. Or I just I want to practice yoga or just go for walks or study birds or something. That, that is so mature to me. Because you're returning to, in many ways, the dreams that you had as a child. And that, that's a bit of what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, as I talk about this idea of creating, as a child or as a young soul, what did you like to create? Whether it's pictures, music, forts in the woods, baking with your parents, what is something you like to create? I'd love for you to just take a moment and share that with somebody beside you. We've had a lot of talking. Take a moment just to pause and say, hey, when I was a kid, I loved to create forts in the woods. Uh, yeah, what happened to us? When I was a kid, I, 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 my kids are always drawing. I didn't remember this, but I came across one of my drawings as a kid on my workbench, and there it is. That one's called God's Kind of Rebel right there. I used to love to draw pictures, punk rock pictures. Drawing was a way to somehow get our inside world out. And as I grew older, you know, I still didn't comply to social factions. There's things I did that transcended the assimilation of high school. I was in the marching band. And I love being in the marching band. There I am on the left with my tri-toms. And uh, I found that picture as well. It was a way uh, for me to get away from the pressures of high school. Uh, I, I was so worried about not making the grades or missing my foul shots. But when I was able to create a rhythm for my uniform colleagues, that's where I was able to escape the pressures if just for a minute. But what happened to us? What happened to us? What do you think the greatest barrier is to creativity? Fear. Fear? That's a good one. Okay. Time. Yes. Time, which is very interrelated with time. Yes. In the West, it has a lot to do with pragmatism. We don't think it's efficient. We think it's a waste of time. There's other things that need to be done. We value efficiency, and it's costing us our soul. We are actually designed to waste time. That's what the great spiritual writer said. And wasting time doesn't mean like pounding hard kombuchas and watching brain-numbing commentaries and upcoming movies. Not that that's an autobiography. <laughs> Not saying that I do that. <laughs> I'm talking about wasting time with God. Whether it's just sitting in stillness, taking in his love, which prayer is one part of it, but it's not just part of it. It's also walking with God and taking the color changes of maple leaves. Japanese maples are so dope. It can be drawing or doodling with God, writing a love letter. Uh, there is a God who not only desires us to waste time with him, but also wants to reveal himself to us in the process of creating but we don't think it's efficient. We do. I, I struggle with it. I struggle with it. No time. No time for making or baking. No time for crafting or drafting. No time for constructing or conducting. No time for designing or refining. 
We've got no time. No time at all. No time for painting or staining. No time for strumming or drumming or just plain humming. Mm -mm. Too busy unbecoming. <laughs> In this 60-hour work week slumming or this Netflix cable news mind numbing. Or maybe we're just hanging behind the walls, we're just thumbing with the plumbing. Now, was that a waste of time? Or a place in time? I'm done with these complacent rhymes. Okay, this is how it takes. You gotta create. We have to create, our souls long for it because one day we're gonna die. And we're gonna look back at the things that we did or didn't allow ourselves to do and consider that moment, whoa, what a waste. When I didn't allow myself to waste time, that's actually a waste. We need to just be and create space. So today I'm going to talk about a few points to why we should create space to create space with God. And I've missed some points in it. There's some points there where it's, like, it's kind of fun. There's points where creativity actually builds neurological pathways. I'm not going to hit on that. It's soothing emotionally. Those are all kind of points there. But there's other points. There's highly spiritually dense theological points why we are called to create. And I just want to hit on a few of those today. So why do we create space to create with God? And we're going to go to John's gospel. John's gospel, the beginning, just as Deb started us last week, she preached. It's great to hear from you. I love, I love hearing her. She's so warm. Uh, John's gospel is a great place to start if you're curious or investigating Jesus, by the way. The whole point of it is writing, he says it in John 20, 31. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, amen, the Son of God. And this is huge, and that believing you may have life in his name. That God has come to bring life and life abundance. And the gospel itself is it's somewhat of a work of art. The Greek is real simple. The language is nuanced but basic. There's symbols there that seem pretty common. Bread, water, life, shepherd, vines. But in that, the, the theology is stunning. The view is majestic. You have this transcendent God of the cosmos, this creator and sustainer, the word that has so many meanings in ancient Greek. And at the same time, this God's love can be no closer. The Gospel of John itself is a work of art where kids can wade and giants can drown. So parents, if you're here, I would say read it with your kids. If you don't have kids, just read it. It's a good one. And that's where we're heading to right now. John chapter 1, verses 9 to 18. It says this. Here's another image. It's a true light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace and place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. All right. Amen? So why create space to create with God? Well, the first point today is Emmanuel creativity is a means to experience the patient parent love of our creator. Emmanuel creativity is a means to create space and to experience the patient parent love of our creator. When we create, compose, doodle, that is an opportunity to take in the unhurried, patient love of God. It's a spiritual discipline that we'll talk about. It's an opportunity to receive in. And what is that word, Emmanuel creativity? I don't know. I made it up. That's creativity again. It just means, Emmanuel means God with us. It's creating with us. It's going to take off. What it does mean, according to me, is that when we're creating, whether it's a cake or a song, even at work, if we're creating a backsplash or some architectural drawings or some... Um, satellites, that if we allow God to infuse us with his love and we see the creative opportunities there, we're, we're doing a manual creativity. It's creating out of the enduring love of God. It means also to take our time, to, to not rush it. But the conversation I'll have today is not necessarily work-based, though it can be that, but more creativity outside of the work realm. The art of creativity takes time. When we read John, it's an homage. It's a callback, especially John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. When we read that, that is a, that is a callback to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And whether you look at Genesis 1, either as this amazing Hebraic poetry that, that brings us illustrative forming and filling of creation that pinnacles into humanity being created, formed by God, out of the dust, but filled with God's breath to give us life. Or if you look at it a little bit more modernly as seven 24-hour days, where somehow the sun comes on the fourth day and the day revolves on the sun, if you look at it that way, or maybe somewhere in between, it, uh, what we need to know is that in that account, it displays that God takes his time to create. God is a patient creator. What else is theologically noteworthy is God creates out of love. John defines it later on his epistle that God is love, that God didn't need us. God created out of the abundance of who God is because in the mystery of who God is, he loves, just loves sharing space with you and people you like and people you may not like. like that's, his, that's what God loves to do. Uh, God, it celebrates the love of God, that First John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It celebrates the fact, creation celebrates the fact that we are always on God's mind. He had us on my, in his mind when he was creating the heavens and the earth. It says in Isaiah 49, 15, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. These are the words of God, that parent love. Out of joy, he chooses to save us. Zephaniah 3.17 says he, he dances around us. He takes delight in us. Hebrews 11.2 says, 12.2 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It means you are his masterpiece. And Ephesians 2 says that, and that you are a good work that he is carrying to completion. You might not believe it, but God believes it. 
And it may not be as fast as you want it, but God takes his time because God's patient. And when we create, when we create spaces to create, it's an opportunity to sit in the patience and love of God. Why do we create to create with God? That's the first one. The second one is this. Emmanuel creativity is a method of worship, of loving God back. That's what worship is. It says, we love you too, God. That's why people sing in church like, eh, they're just saying we love you too, God. We love simply because God first loved us. That word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have experienced, seen, and witnessed his glory. That's why we glorify God. We've experienced what is written here, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So when you and I create, it's an opportunity to worship God. So that's why in scriptures you always see them singing with like, hey, sing with cymbals and Leers. I don't know what a leer is, but it sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> but that's what infused the early hymns that, that turned into spirituals, that became folk music, that became gospel, that became soul, that became rhythm and blues and some hip-hop and even the, the modern rock opera that's contemporary Christian music. <laughs> Our creativities are a means to honor God. They're a means to honor and love God. It's a spiritual discipline where we experience God's goodness, his patience, his faithfulness, honesty, delight. It's a time to be honest so that we can experience more and more of God. There's a lot of parents here, and there's probably people who want to become a parent one day. Kids are inherently made to create. They are. And not only that, but they love to create with their aunties and uncles and moms and dads and guardians. They love it. That would be my one uh, exhortation to parents today. So why do we create with God? Uh, We create with God. Uh, It's a way to experience patient love. It's a way to worship. It's also a way to discover the graces of who you are. It's a way to experience who you are. Oh, this, I'm experiencing more of Andy when I'm drumming on a beat. As the scriptures alluded to, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural ascent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. It's an opportunity to receive the grace of who you are and the truth of who you are. And in church circles, we love to talk about identity. It's one of the most necessary conversations there is. That in Christ, you're chosen, you're blessed, you're forgiven, you're adopted, you're God's pleasure. I amen all those. There's like verses you can just look up, identity Christ, Google, but identity Christ, and you'll have like 30 verses of who you are in Christ, that he sees you pure and blameless, and he really, really likes you and loves loving you. But sometimes we, we fail to recognize the graces of who we are. What are the unique nuances of who Sherry Ann is, or who Jen is, or who Jared is? How is God created uniquely? Who are the poets in the room? Who are those that design well, that are musicians, that are adventurous, that love colors, that love words? Out of his fullness, we all receive grace in place of grace already given. And a lot of theological nerds are like, oh, that's about the unmerited worth of God and saving you, which is true. But God's so gracious that it goes above that. There are graces that God gives us. In fact, the Sturgis is you did James 1.17, right, for um, your uh, scripture? Yeah, you did. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from God. Comes from above, from God of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. 
That means there are so many graces in life, and God has given you giftings and, and, and natural abilities that you are designed to cultivate through wasting time creating. You actually find out more of who you are. So I want, I want to take time today, just a moment to pause to stretch our spiritual imaginations. Humans are the only ones in creation and nature that have an imagination. You know that, right? That's a beautiful gift from God. I want you to think a moment. We have so many names for God. So many names for God. Alpha, Omega, Rock, Refuge. There's so many. You can go on and on. But I don't believe, we believe that God has quite a few names for us. That God, yes, calls you son. God calls you daughter. Those who have received the love of God, he would love to call everybody sons or daughters. That's his whole hope. He's patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. But we need to come home so we can create with God. Don't miss that calling. But that being said, he's got more names than that. What's a unique name that God has given you? What is a name? And I'll give you a hint. It could be a grace and a truth. Like for me, I've had a name for years. I've shared with some. I'm God's little explorer. You know that. I love to like, people say you have apostolic gifts and they nerd out and what that means, but I've always loved exploring in the woods. That's what I love doing. I love trying new things. Sometimes to a fault. Sometimes I come home with a bruised knee, but that's okay. That's a name that he's given me. And, and there's grace and truth in it. I'm his boy. I'm his little, but there's also grace in the exploration part. What's God's name for you? <laughs> Lovely poet, drummer boy. That's one that I've been processing lately with God. I played my drum for him. Cherished artist. What is the name that God has for you? I'm going to actually take a minute and get a glass of water and you think about it. Pray about it. This is silent time. Introvert, you're welcome. Just take a moment to think about it. All right, take hold of that name. Do you have your name? Tony, how you feeling? Cool. You don't have to share it with me, but I'm curious. You don't have to. Well, everybody, you know what? Do it. I dare you. Kid Madnick? Oh, I love that. That's Kid Madnick. That's beautiful. Yeah, this is, that's a great opportunity to recognize the grace upon grace of who you are in Christ and tend to explore that. This is why we create space with God to celebrate God, but also celebrate the ways in God celebrates us. Last point, real quick. Why create space to create space with God? Oh, why create space to create with God? Sorry, I've been saying that. Little explorer going off campus. Emmanuel creativity also illuminates the dim realities around us. When we create, it's an opportunity to bring brokenness, to bring beauty to broken spaces and hurting faces. John 1.9 says, a true light that gives light, gives you this light to everyone was coming into the world. And, and you're, you're to utilize and bring this light into different places. And your light is there to communicate a message. What do, what do our teachers always tell kids? There are no mistakes, right? Well, here's what God wants us to know, that in Christ, there are no irredeemable mistakes. There's nothing, nothing too dark, nothing too harsh, nothing, nothing you've done too wrong that cannot be recreated in Christ. He can bring broody, beauty out of brokenness. That is who God is. He is the wounded healer for us who takes us wounded wounders and creates in us to be wounded healers for the sake of others and for God's sake. 
In Christ, there are no irredeemable mistakes. We are called to create to bring light to dark spaces. That's why Hamilton and Kelsey sing. That's why we put words on paper and share God's love. It's, it, it's a calling. And it's also our desire to return uh, to these dreams that we had as kids. There's two words for making and that's used mainly in the Gospels. One we see in this passage, this Greek word, gnosko. Uh, it's, it, that means begetting. Out of, love, out of God's love, he, he begets this universe. He, he gnoskos, he made it. But as you see Jesus in his ministry, you see a different word arise in the Greek. And that, that word for making is poeo. And it's where, it's where you get the word poem. That he, he's creating something, which may seem some the ingredients are dark or bitter, but he's creating something very, very beautiful. You may not believe it, but he is in your life, and you have an opportunity to receive and participate. There's um, an analogy that's used commonly these days. Uh, it's a Japanese art of kintsugi. Anybody know that? This is where um, they take broken kettles, bowls, specifically mainly teacups, and they'll repair it using gold uh, to lace the broken pieces. And it actually makes the art more valuable. But it's not the value. People aren't just like breaking glasses so they can make it more value through kintsugi. It's actually the philosophy that life isn't completely integrous. Is that the right word, integrous? Yeah, that's the right word. Yes. But life has ruptures. But these ruptures can be healed. And not only healed, they can be made beautiful for you and for the sake of others. You may think your deepest brokenness needs to be hidden, but God can make it beautiful and a healing balm for others. So the question we asked last week as I end, uh, this is what Deb asked, for you to prayerfully consider a relationship in your life that needs mending. That needs mending. And, and I want you again to use your spiritual imaginations as we respond. We'll have a couple songs, and then you'll see around you there's a couple tables. We'll have to figure our way around Jolene and, and Jesse James, but we can make it happen. I think your crew's in the back. They'll honor that. Uh, I want you to think of somebody in your life that feels distant, so they're supposed to be close to you. So for me, it's my sister. Um, we have a strained relationship. She struggles with a few things, and I, I, I have my own struggles as well. And I want you to think of a word of grace and truth that God would have for them. So my sister, she's, she's a lovely poet. She's great with words. Sometimes the words aren't the greatest. But I've I, I just been thinking about her this Advent season, and I want to create something for her. And so this is actually an opportunity for you to create an ornament. You're going to take the Sharpie and to pray about a word that you have for them. You know your word. It's, it's Kid Magnet. So you can write to your someone, you can write from Kid Magnet to lovely poet. And then you would send that gift to them. And that's an opportunity for us to just participate in God's creative purposes. And maybe check off a gift off your list, huh? Who says productivity is that bad? Do we get the exercise? I want you to think about a relationship closest to you and then think about a word that God has for them. So think about something about the grace and truth of their identity. And then take it over here. I'm not great. I'm a pretty intuitive guy. And you're going to grab a Sharpie. This table, I'll grab a couple. They're over there. And you're gonna, they're like paint Sharpies. 
And you're going to pick a color that sticks out to you. They all have like little colors on them, pretty fun. And you're going to write that name on it. And then you're going to send it to them. And if you need postage, I'll send you some postage. All right? So let us create some beauty right now. Community. Uh, it may seem a little chaotic. I'm going to say this row goes first, and then you follow suit. And then this row goes and follows over here, and then same thing over there. We feel good about it? All right, let's pray. Lord, we are amazed by your beauty today. In many ways, I felt nuts doing all this stuff, but I, I was having a good time creating. And so my prayer is that people would experience your goodness here today, your life, your abundance, that you have given them a word, and they wouldn't judge it. If it's loving, it's good enough. And that they would, that this process here would be a healing process for whoever in their life is needing love. So Lord, I pray um, for all of us here, if we know you, don't know you, that we'd experience you, Jesus, as the author of life, the sustainer of life, the great savior of our lives, the wounded healer who's come to heal our wounds so that we can be, if still wounded, healers with you, with others. We pray this in the name of Emmanuel, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, this is some next steps for the conversation today. If there was not clarity in that, I, I tend to be an intuitive thinker. You have time to still create this. So you would create an ornament with that person.